Uh, the, the title of my sermon this morning is The Importance of the Cross. And I want to start reading um, parts of Genesis in Genesis 3. But what I'd like you to do is when you go home today, is to read the whole of Genesis 3. Genesis 3 is quite long. It's um, 24 verses or something. Yeah, 24 verses. So it's, it's a long, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of reading. And I'm not going to read it all this morning. But I want, I'd like you to go home this morning and read the whole of Genesis 3 and get what the Lord is saying. But basically, now the serpent, that's from verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. And he, Satan, said to the woman, you can, can it really be that the Lord said, you shall not eat from every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit from the trees of the garden, except the fruit from the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing the difference between good and evil and blessing and calamity. And right there, the problem started. Right there. Right there, the spiral of sin and death took its hold. And life as it was, was no more. Because man was now on equal footing with God, which could never be. So go home today and read the whole of Genesis. It's very long, and if I read the whole of Genesis, um, you'll have to get some matchsticks to keep your eyes open. So I don't want to bore you. So the cross is the center of our Christianity. There's, there's nothing that compares to the cross. And Jesus offered his life on that cross for unjust men like you and I. And he took our place we are, we, we, as sinners. The cross is known as a Trinitarian event. And by that I mean God the Father sent his son this, into the world the Son submitted to His Father, and the Holy Spirit applies the work of the redemption to Jesus' followers. So you can see that on the cross is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, verse 3 to 6. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And the next one, accordingly, he has chosen us, he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Yeah, so the, don't worry, I've got a lot of pages, all these pages here, but it's just, just scribblings. <laughs> The cross is the center of, 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 of Scripture. And the spiral 
of sin had already started in Genesis 3. But Jesus' death on the cross terminates that spiral of death. Terminates it by Jesus dying on the cross. Jesus' body took the sin and the filth of this world upon him, and he paid the price for all humanity. Now, today, I want you to personalize the cross. Jesus died for everybody. He died for those past, for those present, and those in the future. That is how awesome he is. But I want you today to personalize the cross to yourself. Jesus died for me. Jesus died for you. Put your name to it. Because Jesus died for you. I listened to Billy Graham uh, to one of his sermons that he preached on the cross uh, quite a while back. And he was going into quite a lot of detail uh, about the cross and what an awful death it was. It was, a, it was an extreme punishment to people who had done things wrong. They used it before Christ in different countries around the world. And then it, it like phased out and then it came back again. And then Jesus was, was crucified on the cross. And the thing to me is always that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was without sin. He was a perfect man. The, guys, the two guys next to him were thieves. They had reason to be on the cross, but not him. He had no reason to be on the cross. But it's an awful way to die. Um, a lot of you have watched those programs, um, Survivor, where they make the people stand on those little um, things like this, and the one who lasts the longest gets the what nectar or whatever. Now, when you're hanging on a cross, I can imagine there's no rest part at all. When you're hanging on that cross and your hands are nailed, you can't even scratch your eye. You can do nothing. And out of every place where you are pierced, Jesus' back was, he was lashed. His back was raw. It was open. His hands were nailed to the cross. They put thorns on his head. So everything was running. All the bodily, his bodily fluids were running out. He was getting weaker and weaker. What a way to die. And he did that for me. He died there for me. That is awesome. That blows my mind that somebody, put up your hand who would die for me. Yeah. Uh-uh, I didn't think so. Yeah, because you know why? I wouldn't die for you either. But that's the reality. Just, just let that sink in for a moment. You know, you've, I've often heard people say, I'll die for my kids. Really? Really? I want to challenge you today. That's, that's quite a, an open statement. But Jesus died on the cross for us. He died a horrible, horrible death. And sometimes this death took days. It took days for them to die. Somebody really wants to get through this morning. <laughs> yeah, so the cross is no joke. It's, it, the, the cro dying on the cross is no joke, and Jesus took that on himself. The, the cross also inaugurates the new covenant. At the Last Supper, when Jesus was having supper with his disciples, he explained to them in Jeremiah 31. It says, but 
But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they will be my people. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? You'll have to excuse me if I'm squinting. I can't see you that far. <laughs> the cross conquers death, sin and death. Corinthians 2 verse 14. Rotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was, that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. It's important to notice that the cross and, resurre and resurrection are, the, are, are a single event because Christ died on the cross and after three days he rose and he conquered sin and death. His body was broken for me. You know, uh, I, in the earlier service, I told the guys a story about many years ago when Avis and I were not even married yet. Um, we, we used to come down to the, to the cottage at the coast with her parents. And we used to go um, on a Sunday to the beach. And one of the things that we used to do was we used to break bread. And it was one of the most amazing um, memories that I have. It was really special that we used to get onto the beach and break bread and remember what the Lord Jesus had done for us. And it's something that I've never forgotten. And then there's another side to the story where I went to a friend's funeral one day and I was absolutely shocked. I was shocked to the core. I, I won't mention what church it was or anything, um, but I was, we were told that if we weren't of the certain denomination, we couldn't partake in the breaking of bread. And I was absolutely shocked. I was like, no, it, doesn't, it can't work like that. Jesus died for me. His body was broken for me. His blood was spilled for me. Who's man to tell me that I can't partake of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ? So I was, I was amazed that there's people in this world that can think like that. The other thing about the cross is it vanquishes the devil. It puts him down there where he belongs. I looked it up in the dictionary. It says, defeated thoroughly. The other word is subdue completely. And Jesus conquered the grave. Amen? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> the cross is also, um, it's, it's also a substitute for us. God substituted his son for us. And he took, he, he, he took the, the sins that we had and the filth that we had and he laid it on his son. And the thing that really boggles my mind is that there was no argument between the father and the son. Jesus didn't say to his dad, oh, but really, dad, I don't want to do this. I really don't want to do this. Die for these oaks that are so dirty and so sinful. He, 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 there was no argument. He just did it. He went and he died on the cross for us. It is so awesome. He became a curse for us all. Galatians 3.13 So when this corrupt, corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this moral, mortal shall have put 
on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that it is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Galatians 1.4 Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of the Father, of God and our Father? Behold the Lamb. I wish I could actually still sing well because I would love to sing that song, Behold the Lamb. You all know that song, Behold the Lamb. What a song. So the other thing I want to say as well is the world looks upon this whole setup that I'm talking about now as foolishness. They cannot accept the fact that Jesus Christ would have died on the cross for our sins. And they don't understand the deep love that Jesus has for everybody. It's just that some don't not want to, do not want to acknowledge him. Well, I certainly do want to acknowledge him always in my life. And know that he is the king of kings and lord of lords Amen. and that there is none like him Amen. none before and none after you know I, I really want you to 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 think about this today and later on i'm going to have an altar call and if god has been speaking to you if god has been knocking on your heart i want you to to really consider this because all of us in this room have been through load shedding, the dreaded load shedding. And you know, you can be sitting watching your favorite fave de line or ses de line or whatever it is. <laughs> and you can be sitting watching it and bang, the lights go out like that. Or you've just taken the chicken out of the, the oven and the lights go out and you shout to your husband, bring the torch, bring the torch. We all know that story. I want to tell you today that if you don't know the king of glory, you don't know and appreciate what he did for you on the cross. That is what could happen to you. And I don't want to, I don't want to preach damnation, but I, I, I would hate to see anybody go to hell because they won't accept what Jesus did on the cross. So I, I ask you today to really, if, if, there's any, if there is anybody here and the, and the Lord is knocking because he's knocking, he'll never stop knocking on your heart. He'll knock. He'll knock for as long as it takes. And all you've got to do is open and accept him. So start preparing yourself because you didn't come here for nothing today if you don't know the Lord. Got your number. The cross also brings peace. It brings reconciliation and it brings unity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are unified. It's one, they one body. They, no, nobody does anything without the other one. Ephesians 2, verse 14. For he, he is our peace, who hath made both one and who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. I, I mean for, amen for that. Uh. Reconciliation is for, the, is for the world, peace and unity is only found in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ at the cross. Um, I just want to read something out of here that I found very interesting. Uh, 
Like many, I received and participated in communion services for years without truly understanding what I was doing. Now, I, c I can attest to that because from a little boy, I, used, I was a member of a church. My mom used to take me to Sunday school and we always used to have to go kneel in the front and take communion. And I always heard that Jesus died on the cross. But that is where it stopped. That was all it was. And then later on in life, uh, I went to, board, I went to a, a Christian boarding school and um, they were very staunch Baptists and their teachings were very sound and very good. And there again, we used to have communion and we used to, I knew that Jesus died on the cross and that's where it ended. But it was only later on in life when I truly gave my life to Jesus that I realized the importance of the cross and what he had done for me. And so, for years and years and years, it was just a ritual. Without truly understanding what I was doing, I knew the bread and juice represented the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. I knew he instructed that we eat and drink it in remembrance of him. But there is so much more and so much deeper in the glorious meaning of communion. Holy Communion was never intended to be an empty ritual with little or no meaning to those participating in it. We take the bread. Jesus is the bread of life. He is the Word made flesh. As we participate, the bread, we, make, we, we take Him as our living bread, the only source that can truly satisfy our hunger. I, I know I'm preaching to, to the saved this morning. You all know that there's nothing that can bring an end to the hunger like Jesus can. If you don't have Jesus Christ in your heart and you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you will be hungry for a long time. That I can guarantee you. Because for a long time I was hungry. So I know I'm talking from experience. We remember that he, what He has done for us. We take Him as our living drink, the only source that can satisfy our thirst as we drink of the cup. It is the equivalent of sprinkling, sprinkling blood or shedding blood on the sacrifice of His body. It is important that we take both the bread and the cup. If people attempt to remove the blood, they are removing the power of the gospel. Communion can and should be a fresh dedication of our lives to the Lord, a reminder that the blood covenant that we have with God, because Jesus stood in our place. Amen. In His great love for us, He took our, our sins upon Himself and remembers them no more. His sacrifice on the cross made it possible for us to receive His salvation. Mercy, grace, and favor. When you take communion, realize that Jesus has given you His best. He didn't come with second best. He gave us his best. Remember that he shed his blood and gave his life for you. Communion is a little time to examine your life and ask for forgiveness in areas where it is needed. It is also a good time to realize, release your, your faith and ask God for healing in your physical body as well as every other area of your life. Now the Lord knows you better than anyone else does. And all you've got to do is surrender to Him this morning. All you, that's all you have to do. You just have to surrender to Him. He knows what you're going through. There's nobody here that He doesn't know. He's never, the Lord is never caught by surprise, ever. 
So you might be caught by surprise and not know what to do in a situation, but the Lord is not. He's always in control. He died on the cross for you. He loves you with a love that I cannot even understand, what I cannot even explain to you how much he loves you. It's, we, we, our minds are only this, this big. We can't understand that. So this morning, we're going we're to participate in communion. We're going to break bread this morning. And what I want you to do is once the people have come around and they have given you your bread and your wine, they want you to wait. We're not all going to do this together this morning. We're going to do this as individuals. And all I want you to do is to take the bread and the wine and to drink it and to eat it and to remember what the Lord did for you on Calvary and to ask the Lord to show you what He wants in your life. And just take some time. We're not in a rush here this morning. You don't have to drink it and eat it and go. Let the Lord talk to you this morning. And after we've closed the service, if there's anybody that needs prayer for whatever reason, the, the, the team will be up here and we'll pray for you. So as they're handing out the emblems this morning, I just want to pray so that we... <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that you came and died on the cross for us in our, in our place. And this morning, Lord, we ask that as we partake of the emblems of your body and your blood, that you would reveal yourself to us today, Lord. Father God, that you would minister to the people at their point of need. And Lord, that you would you not show your people how much you love them? Would you not show them your face here this morning, Lord? And we just thank you for the opportunity of freely being able to come into your presence and being able to participate in the breaking of bread and to know that you died on that cross and that you took our sins upon you. We just thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Please don't rush, guys. Just remember the Lord will talk to you if you ask Him to.
Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this time. Thank you, Father, that, that you are so, so good. Such a good Father. And Lord, I pray this morning that as your, as your people leave here today, Lord, that you would bless them and that you would keep them and that you would minister to them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And if there's anybody here this morning that wants to either rededicate their lives to the Lord Jesus or has a need, health need or anything, the ministry team will be up here this morning and we will pray for you. And if the Lord's been knocking on that door of your heart this morning, don't put it off. Because you never know when that light's going to go out. There's no guarantee of that. So please, folks, I ask if there's anybody here today, come up and be blessed as you go out to this week. And at least now you know your chicken won't cook and won't burn in the oven today. <laughs> Bless you guys. Thank you. They all know. Thank you.